May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, happy first Sunday of Advent, everybody. Beginning of a new church year, we start this cycle over once again, as we do every year on this Sunday. Five years ago uh, today, the first Sunday of Advent fell on December the 1st. And I stood here for my very first time as your new rector. I was excited about beginning life in a new parish, in a new city, a new part of the country. It was a real adventure getting here and thinking about starting a whole new life in a new place. And most of what I knew about Trinity at that point, I had learned through a written profile of the parish, uh, also interviews with the search committee and the vestry and conversations with your former rector and my predecessor. That was all well and good and important in the process, but, of course, there was a whole lot I didn't know. And as is always the case in these situations, of course, how can one know everything? Not because anybody was hiding anything, but just because you can't possibly know or be told all that there is to know. There was just as much mystery, I'm sure, about who this new guy was and what it was going to be like around here with him as the new rector. Probably a little bit of terror, in fact. I think if we could have taken a look into the future at all the things we would do and situations we would face in those next five years, we would have all probably, I don't know, been scared to death, maybe. That's the thing about the future, isn't it? We don't get to see it in advance. And that's probably a good thing. We only see it as we experience it and then decide what we're going to do about it in the moment, in the present. And then we get to look back on it and evaluate it and interpret it in hindsight. But we don't see the future. It has been a momentous five years, certainly for me. Who would have known that in five years our senior warden of this parish would be a 30-year-old woman with a new baby in her arms. Did anybody see that coming? I didn't. Or that we would see such an influx of new people of all ages, and especially young adults and young families with children. Didn't see that one coming. Who knew that we would have plans on the drawing board and going to the city now for approval for brand new facilities on the north half of our property? above which will rise a high-rise residential community. I didn't see that. Who knew that we would have a program of regular intergenerational days of service where we work together to serve those most in need and where we get to know one another and share the bonds of fellowship across our different situations in life? Who knew that we would still be dealing with a homelessness crisis in our city and our neighborhood, and that the 10-year plan to end homelessness would have ended with more homeless people than when it began. Who knew that Trinity would be engaged with a new Plymouth housing development and with the Bishop Lewis House, or that we would be providing shelter in our building for 50 women every night, or that we would be in serious conversation about providing sanctuary for undocumented immigrants threatened with deportation. Who could have seen that we would be living in a country that is more divided than ever, regionally, politically, economically, racially, 
a country where immigrants and people of certain religious identities feel increasingly threatened and vulnerable, and where white nationalism is in our faces and on, uh, and on the rise. Who could have seen that we would be living in a strange new world in which, once again, the threat of nuclear war looms over us? where diplomacy has gone out the door in favor of a brazen and brutish America First agenda, and where a hostile foreign power sought to influence our presidential election, and a special counsel is investigating the possible collusion of the president or others in his administration along with him. How about the increase of extreme weather events in just these last few years, confirming the effects of global climate change? Now, I'm certainly not the only one to have felt that there has been a downright apocalyptic feel to a lot of this. Anybody else feel that? The world and our place in it seems to be changing right before our very eyes. We didn't see any of these things coming even five years ago, or maybe at least not all of them. Some of these things are happy and kind of exciting. Others are depressing and downright dangerous. Some are, for practical purposes, inconsequential, others existential. As I think about some of the more ominous things we've been facing, it helps me understand what just might have been going through the minds of people in the early decades of the Jesus movement. As we heard in the Gospel of Mark this morning, there were lots of very apocalyptic feelings in the air. Jesus said, in those days, after all that suffering, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Sounds ominous. And it was not only natural phenomena that caused such fear, but the threats of an empire bent on destruction, and the sense of spiritual forces at work that would destroy the soul of the people. But what comes next is very interesting, and we should take a close look at it. First of all, we hear Jesus say these words, Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. And following that, he tells them this little parable. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. These two little passages, obscure to our ears at first, most certainly, they actually signal something very important that was going to, that was going on in those first early Christian communities that heard them. They were being schooled in the Christian virtue of hope, which right along with faith and love was to be a dominating force in their lives. Even as they were facing persecution, destruction of their cities and homes, war, disease, and displacement, they were never to forget that the last word has not been spoken 
until God has set everything right. Every Christian needed to know that. That's what makes this so different from most apocalyptic visions. Most apocalyptic visions are nihilistic, ending in the meaningless collapse of reality as we know it. This vision, though, says to us, just when we're hurting the most and when we're at greatest risk for losing sight of the meaning of our existence, when we're most vulnerable to despair and not sure what the future holds, wait just a minute. That's not the end of the story. There's something else still coming. Jesus taught his disciples to never stop believing that the future belongs to God. That's why he taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We never stop believing in the possibility of such a thing. Followers of Jesus are relentlessly, incurably hopeful people. We may not always in the moment be optimistic about the outcome of every particular situation we're up against, but in the big scheme of things, we are unfailingly hopeful, full of hope. We refuse to give up hope. Hope, after all, is not based on empirical evidence or the rationality of causes and effects, but it is that other force that we carry inside us moving us forward in spite of the evidence and sometimes in outright defiance of the evidence. And it is, in, it is our confidence in a future where all things are set right that keeps us living into and working for and making a part of our life here and now the promised reign of God. Jesus is saying to those first beleaguered disciples and to us, just when things get about as bad as you can imagine them, check it out. The future still belongs to God. The kingdom of God is coming near. Watch for it. Stay awake. These weeks of Advent do indeed confront us with some of the harsh realities of the world around us in those apocalyptic-sounding gospels we hear in these first weeks and indeed bring to mind uh, events even in our own lives and our own times. But Advent points us to something else. It points us to a child who will be born in Bethlehem, a sign of hope for our world, a sign to us that God not only has not left us to our own devices, but that God has come to us, entering our reality, transforming it by his presence. And we are invited today and every day to live more deeply into this hope. Today I find myself wondering what the next five years might bring all of us. Undoubtedly more change, things we may not even be able to imagine. It very possibly, almost certainly, will bring us a beautiful new parish building with a high-rise community above it, for example. New opportunities for engagement with our community that we're only beginning to discover. I'm pretty sure there will be some surprises in our life together along the way. There always are, and we can hope and pray that at least some of them will be joyful things to celebrate. There may also be things that will cause us pain, perhaps even tempt us to despair. 
It's hard to tell what will be happening in our city, our country, our neighborhood, or the world at large. But whatever it is, whatever we face, we have these words of Jesus to hold on to. When you see these terrible and frightening things taking place, you know that the one who is coming is near. At the very gates, remember, the future belongs to God. And it's so important that we not lose sight of this hope. It's important that we're here on this corner in downtown Seattle as a beacon of this hope in our neighborhood, our city, and beyond. So let the message of this Advent season shape us and form us to be more and more people of hope. Let it remind us to wait always in expectation, to keep awake, as Jesus said, and do not forget the future belongs to God. Amen.